The Last Word with Matt Cooper. It's time for our weekly money spot with Charlie Weston, the personal finance editor of the Irish Independent. And Charlie, yesterday there were a number of charities in front of the Oireachtas Committee on Environment and Climate Action and they were giving out about the price of electricity and gas and about the arrears that many people have run up, which they're going to take time to try and pay off. Uh, But then if they're doing that, what are the prospects that they will actually have cheaper electricity and gas bills to pay later in the year? Because what we were hearing yesterday from Derek Cassidy of Bunkers.ie and Minister Eamon Ryan when he joined us wasn't exactly too encouraging. No, and all the signals coming from the energy companies uh, are that they've no, they've no plans to cut their unit rates or, or their standing order rates either, uh, standing charge rates anytime soon. Uh, you know, we saw not just unit rates go up, but the standing charges went up. So, you know, even if you don't use much electricity in the summer, you're still being clobbered. And um, it, all the signals they're giving out is that, oh, they're locked into these long-term fixed deals where they bought uh, wholesale prices at, at high rates and the market hasn't come back sufficiently yet. And those 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 deals haven't unwound. But people are getting very tired of these excuses and... You know, we really would need to be seeing some price cuts by the start of the the colder period and the darker period in the winter, Matt. The very least in the autumn, you know. There's no transparency about this so-called hedging. We don't know what these contracts are. We're taking it on good faith on their part that they're telling us that they can't reduce the retail prices, even though the wholesale prices we know have dropped dramatically. They don't tell us what their hedging is about. So surely this is something the Commission for Energy Regulation should be going about finding out on our behalf. Exactly. And I've asked them that. And I said, look, are you, you know, are you monitoring these contracts? You know, do, must we take it on, on, on the word of the energy companies that they're locked into high prices that they, they bought a couple of months ago and it's going to take a year, year and a half for some of these contracts to unwind? You know, they're paying a lot for this wholesale electricity and gas. And they say they are looking at that. They are they are across that, that they're monitor, monitoring it. But yeah, there's a real lack of transparency here. And this is what's terribly frustrating. Um, now, to be fair, the, a lot of the energy companies are saying they're not making any money on, on, on the kind of retail distribution side, the supply side. You know, we saw very big uh, big results today from SSE Electricity. But, you know, they're, they're, they're saying they're, they're, they're foregoing profits on, on the retail uh, electricity business in Ireland here and uh, ESB Electric Ireland are saying the same here but it isn't good enough it isn't good enough you know we, we, we could do with far more openness here and, and these companies coming out explaining what's going on instead of just hiding behind the fact that they've hedged as they call it and they're tied into these long term contracts and that it's going to take a while for those um, you know the costs come down it's still a very expensive country to, to, to uh, for electricity you know we're one of the most expensive in Europe at one, I, at one stage that started last year we were seen to be the, the most expensive uh, other surveys say we're, we're second third most expensive so you know the, the, there's a hell of a lot that, that needs to be opened up and explained and so, some changes made you know the reg- it's not good enough for the regulators to say oh watching it you know and nothing happens i think people are just very tired of it at this stage and the consumers association i was on to them they're very frustrated with this they're saying look it's time to stop this light light touch regulatory system we need more intrusive regulation these companies need to be looked at and and, and forced into some kind of price cuts because people can't bear the level of increases that they're being asked to pay and it's the ordinary punters who are being hit with this stuff we saw electric ireland decreasing prices for business but nothing uh, apart from 
Pinergy, no other company is, has decreased prices for, for, for the ordinary residential household customer. Let's talk about savings in the banks. There's an enormous amount of savings in the banks. I think household wealth about 150 billion euro, which is an extraordinary amount of money. But what do the banks actually do with that money? Do they give it out in loans or are they actually depositing it elsewhere themselves at a far superior rate of interest than they give to their customers? Basically, man, they're doing both of those. They're awash with household savings. You're absolutely right there. 150 billion euros in household savings. It's cheap money for them. So this is their input. And it's cheap. They're getting it for virtually nothing because they're paying very little to the savers. Traditionally, they used to have to. There was competition in the market. Uh, there isn't at the moment. They're, they have loads of savings because people have been precautionary, especially during COVID. They saved a lot. Uh, they're, you know, they're wary of putting money elsewhere. So they just leave it in a bank account or even in a current account. So the banks have this money as a raw material to use to hand out as mortgages. They're giving the saver very little in return. And the difference to them is huge, according to Gabriel McClough, the chief, uh, sorry, the central bank governor. The banks uh, are putting some of this money uh, on deposit in the European Central Bank as well because they have so much of it. And they're making about 1.8 billion a year, 1.8 billion a year by putting that on deposit in, uh, in the European Central Bank. As we know, the deposit rate that the European Central Bank pays banks has gone up seven times. At best, we've seen two, maybe three. Uh, deposit rate increases paid to ordinary uh, uh, bank customers in this country. So they're getting a pretty miserable return. And it's been described as the, the great savings swindle, uh, you know, where banks are just using this money uh, to subsidize their, their their mortgage holders. Now, the other side of that, Matt, is that mortgage rates will probably go even higher if they started paying decent rates to savers. But the savers really feel they're being sort shortchanged here, Matt. But then you also have an argument been put forward by some people that the government should be offering some sort of tax incentives to encourage saving. But is that really needed if there's 150 billion euro on deposit in the banks? It's, well, it's not. The banks don't need more money, but certainly, you know, it's, it's always good policy to encourage people to save and to do it in other European countries. You can get 3% in many countries. Many uh, countries, uh, other countries have tax-free, decent, guaranteed schemes like, you know, you have the the individual savings accounts, IS, ISAs in Britain, in France that have a livrate A, uh, you know, which is paying something like 3% to people. In, in America, they, 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 they have tax-efficient tax deals as well to encourage people. But here we have the state savings schemes. They're largely uh, tax-free, Matt, and there was an increase in March for the first time in 16 years in those rates, but they're still very poor. Those rates are just not good at all. So, you know, savers feel really frustrated, and there was a big row at the last AGM of of, of AIB that they share, small shareholders had a right go with the board and the chief executive for what they described as miserable returns on their savings, and they think they should be getting more, and that the banks are exploiting them is how they feel. Okay, one last one. Uh, tell us about this idea of three-year insurance policy for motorists. Why? What bit difference would that make? Yeah, this is something that's been explored in some countries, you know, where you, you basically take out a, a, a motor insurance cover uh, policy t today and you know for three years exactly what that's going to be. It isn't going to change. Now, the problem with that is it would probably be a bit more expensive than one that you renew every year. 
Then, on the other hand, an awful lot of people are on to have people on to me every single day saying that their renewal quote has come up for their motor insurance. It's much higher than last year, even though nothing has changed, they haven't made any claims, etc. And they're very frustrated with, with, with that. So the idea here is that you could take, take out a motor policy and, and it would last maybe three years. And you'd have the security of knowing that the, you know, what you're paying won't go up for those number of years. And, and a lot of people are in favour of that. There was a some research commissioned by people insurance uh, they, they sell insurance to credit unions and 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 most people would, would would consider this think it's a good idea because you know it's there's so much uncertainty in the world at the moment matt you know any level of certainty at the moment i think people are grabbing it we've gone away from the old idea of constantly renewing things and changing things every year people now would like to know what what am I going to be paying, not just now, but in a couple of years' time so they can budget with, with so many things going up? It would be nice to know at least the car insurance won't go up for three okay. years. So, so so that's the idea behind it, Pat. Thank you very much. Charlie Weston, Personal Finance Editor of the Irish Independent. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.